I want to share a few thoughts with you about this season. As I've often said, this is my favorite season of the year. It has always been my favorite season. And I, I, I like to think of, of three uh, seasons when um, God did something so uh, amazing and, and stupendous, you know, just like beyond words. That's all that means. It, it, was, it was so great, it, we don't have really words for it. But uh, when, he, uh, when Jesus came, uh, that was just so huge that God would become a man. First a baby, uh, but a man. And then, when, and then that God, this God-man would die. And this God-man would be raised from the dead. And then the, that amazing act of going up to heaven without an airplane, you know, without a rocket ship, just to go up and, and folks can see him go up. I mean, this is amazing. They are, they're watching him go up. I heard uh, the report of a, of a believing scientist once. He said when Jesus, after his resurrection, walked through the wall, that was an amazing miracle. But he said an even greater miracle was you could see him while he was doing it. And I had to really think on it. And to see him walk through a wall, you can see him doing what you can't do. And then to see him going up, how can somebody just go up and up and up and go out of sight? Just going up. Jesus did it. And he's coming back the same way. And some of us are going to see him do it. What an amazing miracle to see him come back. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And let me just, in typical Don Lavelle fashion, let me just pray for Betty's family. Lord, Betty wants her family to know you, that God who became a man, died on a cross of death that wasn't his, was resurrected the third day, was seen going, walking through a wall and could be touched at the same afterwards. That same one who just went up to heaven without the propulsion, jet propulsion, went to heaven. It's going to come back again. Betty wants her family to know. And I ask that your, her family would know this Jesus. And I pray that every, there's not a person here who will lose family members because they're blind and resistant to truth. I pray you would break down those walls in Jesus' name. Thank you for doing it for Betty and for every one of us in here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, I, we have this morning, I think Brother Misael may, may have had to leave. He was preaching this morning, and it was a beautiful message. And, of course, you know, he was sort of dancing all over mine. And uh, uh, last several meetings, then, uh, oh, let me stand, Matt just went in and tried to preach the whole thing about the coming of the Lord. And so I'm just going to fill in some pieces. <laughs> so this morning, y'all just look at me and say, is that one little saint said, hip, Lord. 
Let's look at Luke chapter 2, and I want to just go through it today. We've had some real good preaching here. Yeah, yeah, yeah some real good preaching. Reverend Stan really just tore it up. He just tore it up, and I asked him to do it again. It was just tearing it up. So I, I, I learned a lot about Mary and Joseph and had others just really reinforced in my heart. So we're going to take a little bit of, of a different look at it um, in some places. Uh, the title of my message is The Coming of Salvation, Jesus the Christ. The Coming of Salvation, Jesus the Christ. So y'all pray for me, all right? In Luke chapter 2, let's look at verses 1 through 7. It shows us Christ is, is born. Now, anybody ever just get tired of hearing the same story? No? Yeah. So I, I, I never get tired of it. Every time I hear it, I'm blessed. Let's see what, uh, what happens here. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And so that, that means that everyone to the, their own native city. So it would be like, uh, you know, Governor Abbott says, everybody in Texas has to be registered. And I'd have to go back to Palestine. And some of you would go back to a place like Dime Box. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, wherever that was. <laughs> so that's what happened here. It says, so Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And the writer is setting this up because he wants you to know that Joseph uh, was of the house and lineage of David. So he wants you to know that. In other words, the writer wants you to know, the Holy Spirit wants you to know that there is a reason to your faith. There is substance to your faith. It's just not what we would call blind faith. There's something there. This is what's real and actual. These, these are not allegories that are told to bring out some point. No, these are real people. Okay, now look at it. He says, and um, he went, he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary's betrothed wife who was with child. She was pregnant. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Now, we've, all, we've also already heard, those of you who were attending these services last Sunday and Wednesday, uh, we've already heard that Mary was with child or pregnant because the Holy Spirit had come upon her. That is, the power of God overshadowed her and either spoke into her or miraculously put, put as it were, the Logos into her womb. And the Logos became a person. The Word of God. This is, this is so powerful. There was no natural sex act. She was a virgin. And he put this in her womb. In her, in her womb. Amazing, right? And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the I-N-N, the inn, the hotel. And so we, uh, God had already planned this amazing birth, and he had planned it. It wasn't an accident. Oh, they are filled up now, so God has to go to plan B. I offer to you, and this is what I believe. If you have proof contrary, let me know, but that God has no plan B. There's a plan A for us, and there was a plan A that his son 
who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, would not be born in what we would call opulence, all this wealth and all of that. No, he wanted him to be born in the lowest place because he takes men and women from the lowest place to the highest. God always visits those low places first. And so often we are, we're so quick to come up from the lowly and to boast in the high places, aren't we? We love to brag about the high places, but I, I'm somebody who came from a low place. We were the working poor. You know, when I went to college and people were talking about the lazy poor, I didn't know what they were talking about. I actually did not know. I thought these people are lying. I was a, I was a little boy from, from uh, the, the country and from church, two places, the country and church. And I thought, they're not telling the truth. The professors are lying, they're lying. But yeah, there are some lazy people, but we weren't one of them. The angel announces Jesus to the shepherds. And uh, my subject, uh, the coming of salvation. Salvation means to save. And so you have to understand that, to save. It means to deliver, to deliver from the power of sin, from something that is too strong for you. All of us have had encounters with things too strong for us, haven't we? Yeah, all of us, all of us. And uh, if you think that you're the bull of the woods, no, you're, you're not at all. There's something out there too big for you, and sin is it. Sin is like that little midget, about two-and-a-half-foot midget, that you think, oh, I can just kick that thing. And you kick at sin, and sin grabs your feet, and by the time you know it, you're topsy-turvy. Sin, sin looks small, but it was so formidable that man couldn't do anything about it. But Jesus, his name is Salvation. His name is like his name is healing. You want to be healing. So God's name is what, uh, what he wants us to receive or to become. So he wants us to be saved. His name is Yeshua, salvation, salvation. And he saves and delivers from the power of sin, from the penalty of sin. He saves and brings divine health to folks. He saves and, and brings protection from harm, from things that you can't even see. You cannot see them, and he saves from those things. Yeshua, Yeshua uh, means salvation. It's the Hebrew word that uh, is one of the names of God. And um, I, I want us to understand uh, today, just for a short while here, I want us to look at it. It means that sometimes we have lost the context of, of Yeshua or of Jesus because we're looking at the Greek name, but we have not looked at the Hebrew Yeshua, which means salvation. Yes, we know Jesus saves, but Yeshua is the very name, is the very, very name of Jesus. In verse uh, 8, um, I want uh, us to look at verse 8. Uh, in just a second here, Yeshua, in, in the, the Hebrew context, it means to rescue. So when God came to save us, he came to rescue us. We often think, well, he saved us from the devil. Yeah, he did. He saved us from hell. Yes, he did. But have you ever thought about him saving you from you? You know, one of the most formidable enemies I had was myself. I know we, we love ourselves, but he saved us from ourselves. And so I, I, I love God for doing what I didn't know needed needed to be done. I didn't know that I needed to be saved from me. 
because the devil has been taken care of in our, in our salvation. But sometimes, you know, the devil is sitting, as it were, on the sideline. But we still carry ourselves with us everywhere we go. And, but Jesus came to save us from even ourselves. Verse 8 says, Now there, was, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. You see, now, I know some of you think that I wouldn't be afraid if I saw an angel. Really? I, I need the angel to tell me, don't be afraid. Now, the angel is not saying, okay, don't be afraid. I'm looking at you, and you're going to tell me. No, they spoke it into them. They had authority to speak into to the, those to whom they appeared a fearlessness. So do not be afraid is not a request. It wouldn't work with me. So he says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, look, 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 listen, gaze, watch. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. All people groups is what he's saying. Not every person, because some people aren't going to receive it. Like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He says, but to all people groups. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, which is the Messiah. I, I am Today I'm bringing you this good news that Jesus is born. Now, don't let Jesus be good news for somebody else and not you. Don't let that happen. He is good news for all of us, all of us. And listen how the, the angel continued to report. He says, and this will be the sign to you. This is going to be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Now, that was not a place for babies, but God chose a manger, a feeding trough for his child. Now, you know, I would make a terrible God. I would have made a terrible God because I would not have had my daughter or my son in a trough. But God wants us, wants the lowest people to be able to identify with that son, that amazing son, the son of God, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And he, was, he says, and you're going to find him wrapped in strips of cloth in a manger. And the Bible says, verse 13, is supportive to, to the context he says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. They were praising God and saying. The angels came, those angelic beings, those beings that are great in power. They were down there where? In low places with shepherds, with people who were feeding sheep and tending sheep and taking bugs and birds from sheep. The lowest places places where people smelled like the animals they tended. This is really, I think, eye-opening for many of us. Salvation came to the lowest, then to the highest. The gospel, the Bible says, Jesus says, the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has sent me to preach the gospel to the poor. He always comes down to the lowest places first. It's just so amazing. And even right now, he is working with people in low places, in low places. Many of us want to go to the heights. We want to, 
to, and, and the gospel will be preached to the rich and is preached to the rich, but God wants to start in the poorest places. So that's why when we travel the world, we go to the poorest of places because until they get the gospel, the rest of us can't get the gospel. Amen. And this multitude of angelic beings were, were praising God and saying they were praising God. We don't know all of the things they were saying, but, but Luke tells us they were saying these words. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. The NKJV, say, the King James says, goodwill toward men. But that is not the full context of it. The full context is better rendered in, in two other versions. Let me read ESV. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So he wants us to understand that, that yeah, it's, it's good news. It's good news for the drunkard. It's good news for the fornicator. But no, God is not pleased with you. It's coming now, firstly, to those uh, with whom he is pleased. NIV is rendering, it's not so bad. It says, glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's what God is saying, that his favor will rest upon you. And his favor rests upon you, so God is bringing you peace. He gives his beloved sleep. He gives them rest. So in verse 15, we find that the... The shepherds, those pastors, those shepherds, those who were pastoring sheep, did not just stay where they heard, they went out. They did not stay where they heard, they went out. I would like to offer you, those of you who are here today, have you gone out to tell the good news? Or have you become more religious and now people can't stand your coming? I remember my wife, you know, she's got a lot of these sayings, and she doesn't only give them, use them on y'all. Uh, <laughs> but she says, when you are going to somebody, do they, say, do they see help coming, or do they say, help, she's coming? <laughs> so what about you? Have you become so religious that you... You're repulsive to people. Or are you still that, that innocent kind of person, that person, that poor, lowly person that God saved? God saved. God gave you his life when you were, as it were, nothing. God looked upon your lowly estate and had mercy on you. Have you remained that person or have, or have you become now lifted up in pride? It's always baffling to me when people talk about how they got saved. Jesus' name is salvation. So when Jesus came, he came to save you. There's no other name under heaven that's given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Yeshua, salvation. If I don't have Yeshua in me, I don't have salvation in me. That's what this season is all about. And so he says, these shepherds, it says, so when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. God had made known to us. Has he made known to us all these amazingly good things that has happened? Yes, 
week after week after week, day after day after day, he makes known to us all the great things he's done for us. What do we do with them? You know, we often lay aside the treasures of heaven and we go after the treasures of the earth. I find it so painful. And as a pastor, I would say, you know, um, I didn't just decide to become a pastor. I was made one by God. I never wanted to be one. Never. I'm not boasting in that. I'm just speaking truth. I didn't want to be one. I, I thought, I, I don't want to be one. My dad was a pastor. I saw pastors. I saw what they went through. I didn't want any of that. And so I told God who I was. I'm an evangelist. It doesn't work, Pastor Stan, does it? It doesn't work. I go, I'm an evangelist. And he told me one day, he said, all of your life, I have trained you. All of your life, I have trained you to be a pastor. Wow. So, so let us, because we have received who he is, we have received himself. We have him living in us by his spirit. Let's go out and represent him to the whole earth. I have this vision. I can never get rid of it. And I, I often say to those who are near me, should something happen, should God allow me to go before that great day, I want you to take up the torch, take up the mantle, and go forward with it. And let's not stop until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. Let's not stop because his name is salvation. He says, they said, and they made haste. The scripture says, and they, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They got there before the, the three wise men from the east got there because they found the baby still in the stable, still in the barn with, with the animals. Those wise men, those great men with, with all those great gifts, when they came, they were in a house by then. They found them. And you have seen Christ in his simplicity. Don't complicate it. L let's move on. It says, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the Christ. Have you told, I mean, I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want anybody to be embarrassed. But have you told people the great things the Lord has done for you? Have you told people the great things the Lord has done for you? Do you, can you just not wait to tell? And I know you do. What about you? Do you tell them or are you embarrassed? I remember once I was years ago. I'm not now. I'm with you and no. But I remember years ago, I, I could get embarrassed. I, I could get embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell, man. I didn't want, and a friend of mine told me, he said, there's an element of shame in the gospel. And I understood why, and I rebuked myself. I said, I will not be ashamed to tell people the great things the Lord has done for me. They made, they made it known, they made it known to everybody. And it says, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Like, wow, really? Wow. And these things were spread abroad. Uh, Luke uh, chapter 2, verses uh, 10 through 14. 
He says, do not be afraid. These are some of the words that the angel said. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you. Who is he born to? To you. He's born to you. He's born for you. This day in the city of David, a, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. And he told them the sign. And the Bible says, it goes on to tell about what they said. And, and in verse 14, they were saying, Glory to God, I reiterate, in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill and toward men of goodwill. Peace toward men of goodwill. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This is the mom. She's pondering these things because Mary did not fully understand. She knew that this baby was miraculously conceived. She knew that this baby was not from anywhere on this earth, but she still didn't quite grasp all the import of it. So everything that God told her through somebody, she would put them in her heart and she would ponder them. How many of us are pondering the things that God reveals, or are we careless with them? I, I know that somebody in here would say, oh, I'm not careless at all with them. Well, I have been. The Lord would wake me up in the middle of the night and tell me something amazing, and I didn't write it down. I said, I remember, and I didn't remember it. And so now when the Lord gets up, gets me up, I get up. I'm vigilant. I'm diligent to get up because I want to ponder every word of God. If you and I are going to be effective in this world in which we live and in this time, we must ponder like Mary everything that God says to us. She kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She, as it were, locked them in her heart. She says, I will not let them escape. Are you that diligent about God's word? I, I remem remember uh, preaching and say, or preaching, yes, but I was, was talking to some people and I was telling them some things that the Lord had for them and I was just, just talking like, hey, you know, uh, I, I want to tell you such and such. And they were looking all around and looking down and, and trying to say hi to Jim over there and Jill over there. And, and I'm, I said, hey, just a minute. This is prophetic for you. And they didn't seem to understand that. God is saying something that you need to ponder in your heart because you're going to need it later. All those words that were told Mary, she needed to, she was going to need those later because her son was having big crowds of people and they thought, well, maybe he's lost his mind. No, he was miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit. And but maybe he's lost his mind. Let's go rescue him. Oh, I'm going to rescue God now. That's how we are. She was going to need these. And then later on, she was going to need him because, you know, listen, she walks into the temple. Simeon prophesies. Anna comes in and prophesies over him. Simeon, this man who had been in the temple praying and fasting, and Anna praying and fasting almost all of her life since seven years after marriage when she, if she got married at 14 or so from 21 to 84, say. She was prophesying and fasting and praying, and she comes in and prophesies over this baby, but yet you have to protect this baby. They have to learn to, and God, God is teaching us every day about this amazing salvation that we have. He is teaching us daily, daily about it, and I want you to ponder everything, ponder the messages, uh, ponder, be like some of you. Some of you 
uh, know my messages may perhaps better than I do in detail because you ponder them, you ponder them, you ponder them so that when the enemy comes, he won't pounce because you pondered. This is what God wants for us. This is what God wants for us. So, so let us be diligent to keep every word because one day Mary was going to see the Messiah, the one they, we thought, he was the Messiah. It's going to see him hanging on the cross. It's going to see him die. You're going to see your baby boy, as it were, dying on that cross. What is this about? And if you don't ever have a what is this about moment, you haven't gone far enough with God. So ponder your salvation, this amazing salvation. Anyway, in the story, then on the, on the third day, when Jesus got up, then they began to understand. They began to realize on the third day. But all this while, Mary's pondering these things. My baby, my, my, my boy, my son is now dead. And a lot of people had the attitude, now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? She pondered these things. Now, let's go, let's go quickly here, and I'm going to sort of, I'm going to skip a part here. Let me just go. I want to go to it. I'll just skip some good stuff, but we'll, we'll get it in a later day. In Matthew chapter 1, you don't, uh, verse 20, if you have that, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, or Yeshua, for he will save. You shall call his name salvation, for he will save his people from their sins. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, he says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, or Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. How can he have David's throne if he's dead? And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary had to believe and hope past hope. She had to believe what she could not see because he's dead on the cross. There's a spear that's been stuck in his side and all the blood and water came out. He is dead. The scripture cannot be broken. It doesn't matter how bad it looks in your life. It doesn't matter how bad it looks in your children's lives or your grandchildren's lives, your fathers or your mothers. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. It's not over because Jesus is risen. Because Jesus is alive. Salvation is alive. Salvation is a person. Salvation is on the throne of God. Salvation intercedes for you. So don't worry because on that cross it was necessary. Why was it necessary? Because it is through his blood that we find remission of sin. It was through his blood that we found that we find remission of sin. Amen. Amen. I'll be back in just a minute.